0: This is iFanBoy pick of the week number 838, brought to you by iFanBoy listeners just like you. That's a long pause, Jim. Well, I don't. I'm tired of waiting and I'm falling down. I'm a mean monkey and I'm coming down. I'll be waiting, waiting, baby, for you. Hello and welcome to iFanboy Pig of the Week, episode 838. My name is Jim Viscardi and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. This feels weird to me.
1: Everything's <laughs> topsy-turvy, upside down. I wonder if people, like, listening to the cold open were
0: like, what the hell was that? Bit by bit, every time I've come to the show, I am just... You were ceding more and more power to yeah. me. Sure, that's it. the way I look at it. I was like, can you, can you please just do this?
1: Because one more time, I'm going to have to stab myself.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are iFanboy, and each week one of us picks the book they like best from their stack of comics, and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about did that Did we book? skip we... the part where we said our names? No, I said that. That's, we did. Literally, we said that, and then you okay. said, oh, that's weird. You're right. You did do that. All right, Go on. <laughs> I'm not used to this position. So look, we talk about the book. We talk about other books. When we talk about the patron pick, we answer some listener email if we have time. Spoiler warning is right now. Turn back. Pause. Come back. Exercise some caution. This week, Josh had the pick. That was a pretty good one. I want to just Yeet. put that Alf. in there right before I let you. Uh, you, you mention your pick.
1: Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, it's, I'm not just going to hear snoozing over on the other side <laughs> while we talk about Rogue's book three uh, from Joshua Williamson and Leo Max with uh, colors by uh, Jason Wordy. I've never seen that name. Isn't it weird nope. when you see the colorist name on something like high end and you're like, well, what, who the hell's that? <laughs> Letters by Hassan Howe. Uh, I. Howe. This book for me came from out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. I didn't necessarily expect to like it. it. It, I think it was maybe the patron pick the first
0: issue. And I, uh, I was, I was on the show with the first issue. You? Yeah, was it the patron I think pick? It may have been the. It may have been the pick. Yeah, that's possible.
1: It's 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 really good. It's yeah. It's surprisingly good. It, it all because of the fact that a it was so unexpected. It uh, it doesn't read like Joshua Williamson or at least no. what I think of as Joshua Williamson, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very different kind of thing. Um, you know, Leo Max is perfect. And I, like, I mean, really it has to do with a lot with like, I just didn't expect it. And now when it comes out, I go, Oh, because it's off the beaten path of all of the other things that come from DC and whatever. And I've never spent a lot of time in Gorilla City, which is fascinating and fun. Uh, and this kind of book, the way that they're doing it is when you are on, I hate saying street level, but like you're in Guerrilla City and you're like, oh, this is kind of what it's like there and this is this mm-hmm. is interesting. And uh, you know, the the rogues being in the kind of weird position they are, and the, the, the machinations and backstabbing and there's plans that they have to use to get through the bank. There's basically it's a big heist book, but mm-hmm. there's all this other stuff at stake, and there's all you know, I, I think one of the things that's really cool is that I know the rogues kind of you know no. but i'm not like a rogue's expert and i think that he's done a really good job of setting up the relationships uh between all of these characters to the extent that like oh i i get the basic stakes of it i get everybody's it's it's like a very elegant bit of craft into in in the sort of setup you know in the old mm-hmm. days it was you know whenever anybody shows up on a page somebody has to say their name and i think <laughs> that he did a much He had a very good, complicated version of that, you know, where he, when he brought the team together, you know, you, you met everybody for the first time, even if you didn't know them, you sort of got where they all were. I had no idea that Len Snart had a sister and she's a social worker, you know, I know any of that, but, you know, and everybody's sort of reluctance or reason or why everybody ended up in the, the cabal in the, in the, theft group is sort of varied and Mm -hmm. you know then the the turn here is that um i i don't know his name but the ape who was the ape man of angel and the ape man i think does that sound right yeah angel and the ape it's just the ape well whatever is he's got the he's the private detective here who's you're not sure whose side he's on but since he was kind of a hero at one time or another he approaches snart and catches him and and basically more or less blackmails him into, like, yo, I'll let you go. I'll let this all happen, but you, you got to kill Garod. And I was like, "Ooh, that's
0: good. Mm-hmm. You it's know, a great, it, great setup."
1: Yeah, and it keeps twisting. It keeps adding to stakes. It keeps turning. It's like it's not, um, it's it's not like massively experimental. It's just really, really, really well done. It's you know, like in a, a Ocean's Eleven sort of way. In fact, very mm-hmm. much that way. It's yeah rogues oceans 11s in gorilla city it's kind of what it is and you know it it hasn't three three books in how many pages is this thing it's extra size right yeah Yeah, 50 pages didn't even feel it like like got done with it and i was like i'll take more of that um and so yeah it's just great and uh you know there's not a lot of books that i super super look forward when they come out and i also forget about it too so every Mm -hmm. time one comes out i'm like oh write this book you know
0: yeah it's it's funny this is this is probably a book that when collected i will go get Mm -hmm. um it just it it looks good i mean it's like it's interesting like i basically you know moved to just being a digital reader but the just like but if I was at like the comic shop, I would want like the covers would one hundred percent get me mm-hmm. intrigued. Okay, like, this this is just it's incredibly well packaged. Um I the the thing I actually like about the way Williamson writes this group of rogues is it feels like a bit more of a cohesive suicide squad. But the thing I don't really like about the Suicide Squad is that like it's like everyone is very much begrudgingly just like trying to like getting along right they don't really feel like um a more cohesive group and the rogues usually do uh and that and that and it's and it's incredibly evident here even when they even when they hate each other and then they do and there's a lot of that in this uh it it feels feels like
1: they all want to be there for whatever the reason is maybe not want to but like there's nobody like well what the heck's he doing there like you you get it everybody is there you're like I know why they're here I think that's really good. Yep. Yeah. Would you have read this had you not been on the show the first time we did it? Like, is this a book you would have gravitated towards?
0: Y- yes. And I think okay. m- mainly because of, uh, the, cov- I again, mean, this would have been a, a, an instance of judging a book by its cover and its cover would have totally got me to, to try it out. All right. That's cool.
1: And I'm glad I did. I think, I think they should have led with gorillas more from the beginning. I would have even been more of those, more like a late <laughs> reveal in the first issue.
0: People, people do love love Grodd. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, like
1: every single element of the thing, I find I, I find uh, you know interesting in that. Like, so the 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 world that Snart comes from, the first page is sort of whoever the the police or the sheriffs or all the, you know, science police, whoever they are, are mm. in Len Snart's little weird trailer on the shore. By the way, that looks like expensive lakefront property. And I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that like it's right under the bridge. It's um, you know, and, and like that world they live in and who they're looking for, and then we cut to, you know, the classic uh detective office, you know, with the with the shades casting those horizontal lines everywhere. You know, and and every time you sort of getting to know Snart, you keep having a <laughs> Getting to know Snart. Um, y- you know, you sort of have an idea of who he is. And you think, oh, maybe he's softening a little bit. But this is sort of the issue where you're like, oh, he's a bastard. Don't forget that he's a bastard. You know, and and that, uh, that just all worked for me. I, I don't know the characters well enough that that it's it's still a little surprising but also still makes sense. That's a lot of gold. Right. <laughs> Just, it's a perfect sort of, it's a perfect little comic book reading experience. It's, it's like, oh, this is, this is what you should be doing with Black Label. Right. Like, and this, like, it's, this makes sense. It's
0: just enough, it's, it's just down to earth enough while also being zany, like just yes. zany that's, enough. Yeah. To, that makes it really good. Yeah. To just like, like, you, this is the only kind of storytelling experience that you get in comics. And that's what, makes this so good
1: yeah yeah it's kind of it's a little bit of everything and yep. nothing i don't have no i have no complaints like i yep. literally you know i i i wanted to read more and that that to me is you know like, time's precious but when i get to the done and I'm, I'm like man when's that next one coming out like and i just found myself like i don't know how many issues this is i don't know if it says on the cover but it's on three and i thought I hope four is not the last one like that would make me upset <laughs> I would like to see five, maybe not six, hard to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look at the coloring. That's great. I don't, yeah. you know, this Jason Wordy guy, he, he figured out how to do it. <laughs> so that's fine. Good for him. He's definitely got a, uh, he looks like other people, but not, I don't know, like a, like a Matthew Wilson kind of mm. thing. Maybe I not quite as bright as that. Anyway, uh, I dug it. And that's your pick of the week. And I'm glad you liked it too. And I feel like I don't have anything else to say about it.
0: No, I mean sometimes that's it. It's, it's sometimes a good book. You should it. be reading it.
1: Fantastic Four number six hundred ninety, I believe, or forty five is what it would say on the cover. But that's not no. that's not how we're playing it here. I think this is Dan's is is last issue. Is that a thing? Is
0: that you got you guys only? You guys are just sticking yeah. to that legacy numbering.
1: Yep, we're gonna we're going we will we will not we will not go both ways. We're going to use the legacy numbering whenever possible. Huh. Um but in this instance because it is i I'm, I'm I'm almost positive this is Dan Slott's last issue he sort of Se- I think everything it's up
0: second to last right
1: oh well good i mean i think there's
0: like a farewell
1: one Okay, after yeah, this. but but so this kind of wrapped up the story that he's been telling for 45 issues other than the fact that Johnny Storm is still aflame <laughs> and angry about it um i don't know if Fareed Karami is on art it's like you end do your thing here's a guy you know but he did fine we were mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, you know, this is my, this is my uh, you know, when I, I fell for Dan Slott very late, you know, compared to everybody else. But, mm-hmm. you know, through the entire course of this series, I've been like, wow, I, j- I didn't know I liked this guy so much. And I know <laughs> you have been a fan for a long time. I have. Um, you know, all through the Spider-Man stuff. That, that mm-hmm. was your jam. Um, you know, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a good ending. I mean, it did what it's supposed to do. Everybody got saved in the end who was supposed to. Uh, you know, Watu fixes all the stuff.
0: And becomes you, the sole watcher. Yeah. That's it. There's no all. other watchers. It's just Uatu now.
1: You know, it is the best example of what I think Fantastic Four can and should be in the modern era. Yep. It was just... I mean, you actually said it You said it a little bit in the, in the Rogues book, is that it's just the Mount right amount of down to earth or you know like in this case i would say dramatic Mm -hmm. and silly Yep, uh it's got all that arch goodness and it it just it just stops itself from going too far over one way or the other and it's almost at a certain point like i'd be hard to tell you if it was good or what was good about it other than i'm i just really like the experience and I, i mean i can say things that are good about it but
0: sure One of the things I think Dan does really well is Dan is not afraid to go big. And mm. with Spider-Man, you can only go so big, right? Yeah. Fantastic Four, you can go big. And like the fact that this issue, wrapping up Reckoning War, pretty much neatly puts away the fact that there was a giant Asgardian destroyer slash Galactus combo thing <laughs> roaming around. That's fine. That's fine. And well, um, but, you know, put, puts that bit, uh, to bed, puts the fact that right, like the fantastic four is working with a ton of other heroes, including doom, uh, here and silver surfer. And they all kind of go, you know, they're, their separate ways. It, uh, the, the story of like the watcher has been a, a thing that I didn't ex- expect to see result. Like this, this is yeah. stuff that goes all the way back to original sin, mm-hmm. which was what a decade ago where, Tell me. right. I mean, like, I mean, just about, <laughs> I guess. Right. Where, um, right. Cause you've also got, uh, you know, at the end of this, the, the whole Nick Fury aspect is all cleaned up. Kind um, of. I mean, mostly. you know, he's
1: still on the moon.
0: Right, he's that's still right. He's still stuck on the in, moon,
1: in the robes and everything. And, and you know, like his head. I was like, that's the vulture. That's not Nick Fury. But whatever, <laughs> right? Uh, but
0: there's a nice tease to Shield yes. coming back, or some form, you know, some form of that. It's, and it's better. Yes, it's better right. than I mean, it was. Better than the better than where the position Nick Fury was in before this. Yes, <laughs> so. he was a chain man. Yeah, right. But like you know, but even like the last line, right? Like this is your watchtower. You know, you once more mm-hmm. the the man on the wall, the unseen humanity shield. Like that was a yeah. great line to finish before the end. This is someone who has like I'm a huge Nick Fury fan, so like sure, I'm all, I'm all about this. Um, and then it, you get a nice little stinger uh, with Doctor Doom doing Doctor Doom things that you know and love.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because they wrapped everything up, but I I, I had expected the whole time. For Johnny's uh, super flamitude to yep. be part of this
0: resolution. And it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, on the, on the cover for the next issue, it looks like he's not. So. Oh,
1: well, maybe that'll be. That's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, um, it's right you know, down I, the I cover. just expected whenever they had to beat the big bad, that was going to be the yep. thing. And he was kind of, they were like, oh, why don't you come back with us? And yeah, I guess there he is.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, because I was like, like this. I mean, this this series had had everything. It had a, it control rod. It had nihilus. It had the uh, all the nullifier. It like
1: it did. It did something that should never ever work. <laughs> it gave Ben Grimm a family, and at yep. the end, you weren't like, oh, this sucks. You ruined it. It worked. <laughs> it worked really well. Yep. Like these aren't the Flash kids. You're like, you know, and and they're it's it, you know, it's Dan Slotty enough. It's got one's a one's a Kree. One's a Skrull. Uh, yep. they they were came up killing each other and then they just became part of this thing. And it's interesting because if I think back, I was like, they did all this in forty-five issues. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Yep. Everybody in this is barrel chested. <laughs> Have you seen like look at uh it's page six. There's Nick Fury and he just he looks more like dum dum Dugan. <laughs> just but it's not the same on the other on the other panels on the page. There's a lot of barrel chestedness on here.
0: But it's like, it's like, but like this, like this also had, like it had, uh, the, you know, the Shi'ar were involved and the Star were involved mm-hmm. and, uh, Terax is, you know, is, is there in, in if, you know, in a bunch of parts and it's just like, he basically took every cosmic character you could, you know, worth a damn and threw him into the pot and said, let's do it. I think,
1: uh, it's kind of cool because I don't, I don't feel like I've read all of this, yeah, all this Reckoning War. I'm not sure right. where it happened, but clearly things happen in here that I didn't remember. Right. But it didn't take away from it at all. It like, didn't. Hey, why is Thor there? Who cares? That's awesome. Thor's there, <laughs> and I didn't need to explain. It felt like when I was a kid, and I would find some random comics and read them,
0: yeah. which
1: is my favorite feeling in superhero comics.
0: I will say, like this, because I I have been I have been reading Reckoning War, and this mm-hmm. this felt like those like big cosmic events Marvel right. used to do, right? Like, you know, annihilation and, uh, War of the Kings and, and all of those. And then this, and it took place in a fantastic four book. It didn't take I place love, in a, love it. in a quote cosmic book. It took place in, in with, you know, mm-hmm. within fantastic four and what a way to, and, and I think like I would, I would venture to guess that a bunch of people probably missed out on this because it was a fantastic four book.
1: Sure, but I mean, at the same time, if they didn't want a Fantastic Four book, this wasn't it because this is a Fantastic Four book.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, it it totally is, right? But it is way, but it's also way more than that.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's the sort of platonic ideal of a Fantastic Four book. Really, that was the whole time, and it was the book I didn't know I was missing in my life. You know, because Fantastic Four had gone pretty far astray, and I know that Hickman's run was acclaimed and all that stuff. But I was like, I don't want this. It was not for me, and this was exactly what I wanted to be. Dan Slott did Iron Man before this, and it was fine, but like just him fitting into this—I was gonna say slot, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. Hey, help me! Help me with the thing. Franklin at the end is in some other pocket universe or something because of the Forever Gate, and he's digging it because he's got his powers back, mm-hmm. and. He says, oh, if I turn myself into myself and come through first, then I I can be myself. But does he have his powers back? Did they fix that? I think so. Wasn't clear, right?
0: Yeah, it was not clear. Okay.
1: And he's got black hair now. Like, I don't know if he used his god powers to give himself black hair because he was dyeing it, but now it's real. Which, (laughs) by the way, you make a choice like that when you're a kid, you're going to regret it. Um,
0: (laughs) It's still (laughs) jarring to me. It's been black for a while, and I'm still like, that's not Franklin put it
1: back, but I get it like it it was a thing it was a character thing to fit, like I was like, I totally get that yeah. um yeah, so I mean, if that's it, one more thing that they fix is all these sort of lingering lingering bits, yeah look at look at chunky chunky Moon knight on the fantastic <laughs> or the Avengers <laughs> what is that it's the Avengers fantastic car thing, yeah, he's a squat son of a bitch <laughs> Vance <laughs> Astro too. They all look like they all look like bo- wrestlers from the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna miss this a heck of a lot. Yeah. Um, Forty five issues is hard to complain about. And they were were they monthly or bi weekly? I don't uh, even. I can't. I can't tell anymore. Like if I think back,
0: I think I, I want to say it was monthly.
1: But I it do too. Been. But who knows? It hasn't been. That would mean it's been f- three and a half, almost four years. Yeah, it's been years. about four years. Okay. Good stuff yep. moving ourselves over to Captain Marvel which doesn't seem like it's that far over but uh, Captain Marvel uh, number 173 as uh, in the legacy numbering I, I picked this arc not arc I picked this series up somewhere in the middle hmm. uh, 10 20 issues ago something like that and, I, and again just like sort of the, the Fantastic Four book I never really missed a stride I think I picked up at the end of Carol beating the magician that in this issue she is on trial for. Hmm. And uh, so I, I've, never, I've never really been lost. It's sort of the same thing. Like, who are these characters? All right, I understand who they are. It's good. Set up for this has been really interesting because you've got this thing where all these magic characters, <laughs> except that one creepy dude uh, with the witch hat, which, is that a real character? <laughs> who is his name?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Alriac,
1: king it. of the Snatmen, And he looks like the guy who takes uh, the, the car, the Ferrari in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> like if he became a magician. <laughs> but they're all putting Carol on trial because she removed the magic from somebody. Now, she had many good reasons to do that. But these magic people are like, no, you don't understand. That's some shit you do not do. And uh, you know, like there's people you know and recognize on this little tribunal. So you've got Brother Voodoo, who they will just put into anything. You've got man, Scarlet I Witch. Just, man,
0: there was, I mm-hmm. miss Brother Voodoo.
1: Yeah. A lot. Yeah, like I the old been, like, version of him?
0: Uh, yeah, even when he was Sorcerer Supreme for that mm-hmm. little stint. Like, he was the, great. R- that
1: Remender did that. And I mm-hmm. think that yeah, that was pretty good. But since then, he's not the same. He's no, more he's like Black Panther in yeah. magic. Like yep. he's the guy who everyone goes to and he says the thing that's wise. And that might have been, I feel like that definitely wasn't who the character was. It's just that nobody knew who he was, so they just put him in stuff. Yep. And he's very silly. Um, Yeah, so you know, there's consequences of that thing that's going on and it's got something to do with why Carol is imagining herself in this weird dream world uh, that is all alien and spacey and <laughs> super cool. Just... Kind of crazy. She has a sword she's fighting monsters. Don't know why. Now she's a baby dragon. It's a whole thing. Then we cut over to New York City. And um, I, I, I I don't know. I, I expect you don't keep up with all the episodes we do. But we've had a thing lately where we're noticing that a lot of artists can't draw food. Mm. People can't draw how people hold or eat pizza. It's a real problem. But there's a sandwich in this pretty early on. <laughs> oh. and, and I got to say, the sandwich was really given justice. <laughs> Like it was drawn like a little too big, and, yeah, and like it is a comically
0: large look, It looks like yeah. a party. It looks like a party yeah. sub for like a hundred and ten pound woman
1: to just to just go at. It. It's a big sub, and she's super excited about it. And then she doesn't get to eat it, which really bothers me. Um, so basically, you know, you've got uh, what's her name, binary, uh, mm-hmm. walking around, and she's there's some mystery going on. She is she was birthed. Of Carol's powers, I believe, in one of the issues after there was the... There's a lot in this. This this, this series is not all that unlike Fantastic Four. <laughs> it's just ping and all over the place, and it's great for it. Uh, and then, so Binary's... Like, like Jessica thinks she's Carol, but she's not. And, and then Binary's trying to figure out who the hell she is. And her suit makes her look like a Canadian, but we're going to skip past that. <laughs> um, and she eats the whole sandwich, and I was really upset because... Jessica really wanted that sandwich and I wanted her to have that kind of closure, but it didn't happen. And I was like, you probably could just buy another sandwich. You seem to be in, it's like a fast food place. I feel like you could do that. It comes on a tray, but of course the zombie vampires attack. I don't know. It's just wacky, you know, wacky fun times. And then the other Lori L the the Krieg accuser kind of person comes back and like, Oh no. And then they start fighting and it's great.
0: It's just super, it's fun superhero stuff. It's good old superheroes. You read this? I I did. Okay. Uh, I was way lost. <laughs> um, uh, cause I because I do not read Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, but it was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, the the binary stuff I was like I'm like I don't I don't get it I, I thought, don't either because Carol Just was binary.
1: Well, that's what we don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I went I, with it.
1: I I think Connor had out oddly enough been reading this series all the way. And he kept talking about it. And I, I just, I wasn't not reading on purpose. I actually lost track of it at some point. I missed mm-hmm. a couple and I was like, I'll never catch up. And so then I just grabbed on and jumped on and I've been fine with it, but it's, it's all over the damn place. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, it's a feature, not a bug.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that the, the interesting thing and in that like, <laughs> as I kind of dip in and out of just like the books that I read, but then like being forced to read some other books, right. Mm-hmm. Um, It seems like, and it's it's, uh, a great segue into the next book, Moon Knight number 13, Jed McKay, Frederico Sabatini, Michelle Rosenberg, and Corey Pettit, Um, Marvel's doing vampires again. They sure are. (laughs) But this time, at least in Moon Knight, which I have been reading, sets it up really well. Yeah, and to so, be fair, yeah. In Captain Marvel, I
1: don't know why vampires attack <laughs> right, the why, sub shop, but
0: like, but it, it was it was interesting for me to jump into a book like like Captain Marvel, which I haven't been reading a bit, being like, oh no, the vampire thing is not just in Moon Knight, like it's it started. It's a, I think it, it started in it, Avengers. It's in other places. Yeah, it, it started. Yeah, it started in in Avengers. I didn't realize. So in that, I assumed it was just you know being contained to Avengers, and then now you, seeing it kind of seep out, I'm like, oh, which makes you, Moon Knight.
1: What's your initial instinct uh when you see uh, vampires in Marvel? Is it like, Oh great. Look
0: look, I was there the first time they tried we okay. tried to make vampires big. <laughs> you
1: wanted to make Marvel
0: vampires happen? Yeah. What that was that in? That was uh, the, when they went the first time they rebooted X Men. X Men One, okay. Curse of the Mutants. Or Curse of the Vampires. Okay. So Axel Alonzo special is what that was. Okay. We've done this we've done this
1: zombie thing. What else can we do?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was to, Dracula was supposed to be the big bad of mm-hmm. the MCU. And it just no yeah. one cared. That was when they made Jubilee a vampire. That's terrible. <laughs> like when you say it out loud,
1: just like, that's terrible. You know, it could work like anything. But yeah, so you're yeah, you're on the show. So Moon Knight's on the show. Of course. I, I, are you, I, so? I did, are you
0: reading this? Or are you? No,
1: I, I dropped off because at some point, like I, Con, I had said too many times, I'm not a Moon Knight fan, and Connor's <laughs> like, "Why do you keep reading it?" And I was like, "Yeah, why do I keep reading?" And I was reading it because I, I like Jed McKay a lot, and I was yeah. sticking with it. But eventually, I just, I just fair lost. I didn't care. That's fair. So go, go on, talk to me about what's great about it.
0: So, uh, so Moon Knight has been. Uh, it, it's interesting. Like this is a. Jed is putting Moon Knight through a fair amount of ringers, but finding new ways to kind of make the character a bit more sympathetic. So he runs the, um, you know, the, the, he runs his mission basically, which is now, uh, operating out of a, uh, possessed building, which is fantastic. Like a, it has a personality and everything. Right. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we, so we just got out of this arc where Zodiac, uh, was, was making Moon Knight's life, uh, uh, hell. Um, obviously, you know, Moon Knight, you know, came out, came out on top. Uh, but there's still a, there's still a a vampire problem that's in, that's happening in the city. And and Moon Knight is, is killing a lot of them. And so, um, in this issue, you learn that there is, you know, (laughs) the, there's basically, um, uh, and ta- Taskmaster uh, is is brought in uh, to basically be a bounty hunter to try and take down Moon Knight, and he basically is like, that man is too crazy even for me uh, to to do. Uh, but he calls out basically like what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, I guess you know in New York slash the Marvel Universe where like there's basically like a vampire pyramid scheme, um, and. Uh, the, the, the issue just like the issue opens up with some, some very cool, fun moon night isms, right? Like there are, uh, about five vampires that he has staked to the, uh, the roof, um, of a building in, of a skyscraper and says, look, the sun's rising. Uh, by the time we get to you, one guy at the end, you better tell me what, uh, what I need to know. And sure enough, uh, a whole bunch of vampires just, uh, just burning, burning at the stake. Kind of, you just gotta love it, right? <laughs> um, so it's this character, this, char- this character called the Tutor, uh, who is basically, you know, top dog of this vampire pyramid scheme, and uh, Moon Knight's, ca- uh, you know, get, you know, causing real, real pain for him. And there's throughout the issue, uh, you basically get via Taskmaster, who is. Very much telling this guy like, nope, uh, like Moon Knight is too crazy for me to go after. Um, Kind of resetting like who, who, and what kind of force of nature Moon Knight is. Like compare he compares him to uh, he compares Moon Knight to a hollow point, um, where like he just just goes through enemies and comes out, you know, uh, in you know, comes out worse for it in a way, but like is un, you know is unstoppable. Uh and so it's just it's it, it's a nice kind of resetting but also setting up the kind of next couple issues uh, uh of this book. Um but like the the art is fantastic here. Uh Moon Knight is is one of the, one of the few books that Marvel does uh where We're like we're going to talk about Punisher in a little bit where like the violence in Punisher almost feels too real. And at times it's just like, oh, Uh, Mm -hmm. Moon Knight has it's weird to say, but like fun violence, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right? Where like, yes, people are getting cut and there's blood splatter and there's all kinds of like just, you know, there's a lot going on there but you almost kind of don't take it seriously, right? Cause it's just like, Oh, that's vampires. And, uh, there's a lot of slicing and dicing here. Um, uh, and basically like what, at the end of it, it looks like Jed McKay is introducing two new antagonists, which he's kind of been, he's been introducing a lot of new characters. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in this book. And so he's adding two more, uh, to who, the, who I don't know anything about, but they look, they look like Fortnite characters basically. Um, in uh, in, in a sense that, uh, you know, to to be you know new antagonists for Moon Knight and like I don't know who they are, I don't care, but I'm still just a I'm you know I'm excited for it. And then like the 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 other big thing that this ends on is, um, it it's really been the book has really just been following Mark, uh, through via Mister Knight, right? Um, or it, in a sense that like Mister Knight is Mark, but kind of different from mark and so uh the question of when are we going to see Stephen grant um lockley etc start to come up and we're, we're starting to see that the, the issue ends on that where they basically say like i think it's time time we talk um and this Did is it, something that i know a lot of moon Knight fans have been waiting for and it looks like we're we're getting there uh but i'm very i'm more excited to see that now than i probably would have been or i would have been excited in the beginning but having Moon Knight gone on the journey that he's gone on, I'm now more excited to see this coming interaction. Um, because you've got Moon Knight, the superhero, which is Moon Knight in like the Declan Shelby costume, right? And you have Mr. Knight. And then obviously Spectre and Lockley and Grant. So like where there was three personalities, now there are very much five. Um, which feels like a lot, but
1: it works. Did the see? That's exactly what I can't. Like, I, I can't tell. I can't tell who the hell the characters, but I never know what ground I'm standing on. Every time yeah. they do it, it's different. Which I guess is kind of the point. But I feel like I don't have a constant with it ever, and that. Yeah, I, I just. I mean, it's it's actually it's a lot like the X Men books, except I made a lot more attempts at Moon Knight. There's been runs of it that I really did like, but yeah. overall it's very dependent on what the book is at a given, uh, at a given point. Did the did the tv show affect like how the book was done Um,
0: no not really okay Uh, not even like if that were like and if it were like the the tv show i mean very much leaned into the egyptian lore of it all Mm -hmm. and this for the most part has really just kind of taken place in uh in new york um, there are aspects like there, there is new information about, or new lore being added to, um, the myth of kanshu and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it like this does not feel like a book. I mean, this feels like a book that was, you know, cause Moon Knight was. Moon Knight was not a series for a long time, and then like right. the series, the show came out, and they're like, "Well, we should probably have a Moon Knight book."
1: Well, I mean, um, they've been you know off and on. I mean, yeah, since, no, since but I mean,
0: but it's been, but it, but like when Moon Knight ended, the last volume at I guess was was issue two hundred. Um, like it was, the it was gone. Max Bemis for Bemis stuff. The Max Bemis stuff. Um, How was that one?
1: I thought I feel like we went from one rate to the other, but I guess not. Yeah,
0: and, the, and I mean, it was it was a good, like six to maybe 12 months before we got another Moon Knight book, another Moon Knight series. So like he was, he was off the shelf for a while. Huh?
1: So as the world's biggest Moon Knight fan who's on my show right now. Yep. What'd you feel about Briefly, what'd you feel about the show?
0: Uh, I mean, I liked it for what it I mean, what it was, right? I think it was the most, uh, I think it was the most like a TV show that the, of the um, Disney plus stuff Um, as
1: opposed to like a long movie with parts right yeah as
0: as opposed to like a long movie broken up in in, broken up into parts i mean there's there's definitely things that like i I think that they could have done better or elaborated on uh, a bit more but for what it was right like like i know a lot of people are like upset about the the change to you know stephen grant and um, you know the the personalities in, in in a sense, but like I thought, the not getting even a hint of Jake Lockley until the very very end, like or like getting the reveal of the Jake Lockley thing at the very end, um, was great because it was the thing that that like. Moon Knight fans basically were like, "Well, when the hell is he showing up?" Like asking mm-hmm. week after week, and there were, and they had been dropping hints and teases and stuff like that, and so that was a fun mystery to kind of um, resolve. But like, I mean, look, it was way more the Jeff Lemire run than I think anyone uh, anticipated, mm-hmm. um, which was a great run, and it, when I and I thought like you know adapted pretty well uh a little bit light on the the characterization of uh of some folks but uh but overall i i i really enjoyed it that's
1: good yeah. i made it two episodes in
0: yeah i, really <laughs> I can see didn't. that i really didn't like it yeah uh, i can see that i yeah. mean i legitimately jumped out of my chair at the end of that first episode when he's beating the hell out of that jackal and i was like yes so it's like a it's a moon night time for you oh yeah it's a, i'm i'm 100% here for it. Look, all I wanted was uh, a... Look, it never in a million years did I think I would get a Moon Knight something as fast as we did. Sure. I thought I was going to be, like, 60. And then Marvel would be like, all right. Well, uh, they're just crossing names off the list. Who do we got? Right. Ah, Moon Knight. All right. Well, put I it mean, into production.
1: It was just Shang-Chi feature <laughs> film, so really all bets are <laughs> off the table.
0: I mean... I mean that's it, right? And so uh, it'll be great. I mean, like, look, I, I, I'm it, this it, it has gotten me a bit more excited to see Marvel delve more into the supernatural side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, the there's a Werewolf by Night special coming out that's supposed to be uh, that's going to introduce some mm-hmm. stuff that I don't think anyone will see coming. Um, we've got Blade coming. It's only a matter of time before they do ghost, you know, do Ghost Rider again. Like, give me Midnight Suns, man. That's my jam. See, I don't. That's the part of Marvel I don't think I love because oh, I love supernatural Marvel.
1: Okay, I mean that makes sense, but I, I think to me, like that's the part. Like, well, other people do that. I don't, I don't need you to do that. I need you yeah. to do, you know, your Marvel stuff. But yeah, <laughs> you know, something for everybody, I guess. Now you had mentioned the Punisher because mm-hmm. you saw it on the script. I find this compelling, but I don't know what to make of it. Same. It's, it's. I think I should hate it. I think, <laughs> like, mo- like I think Connor hates it for all sorts. He'll pick a reason to hate it, and then that'll be the thing. But, like, right. I, I, sh- I should hate this. I, I don't even know, but I, I'm oddly compelled. Or I want to know where it's going, and I don't at
0: all. Here, here, here's a, I'll admit this. Uh, this is a book that I flip through and okay. like briskly read. Uh, mainly because I think the art by, as uh, you say, is so good. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's almost, it, it almost feels perfect for this. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's a hundred percent, I think, because of the Dave Stewart colors. Um, but it, it's, ju- it, it's, Fascinating in that sense, where uh, I, I get a lot of like Shadowland flashbacks by this, because mm-hmm. like that was kind of the whole thing, right? Where a like, lot in Shadowland, Daredevil was possessed by the Beast, um, and you know at that point was was kind of running the hand, um, and so this feels a, a a bit like Shadowland to Electric Boogaloo, basically, but. Uh but there's something about it being Frank Castle that I guess you buy the violence more uh than you did when it was you know when it was Daredevil. Um
1: yeah, but, that makes sense.
0: But the book looks great. It does.
1: It's uh Yes, I really like the Paul of stuff too. I was yes. I was reading it at some point and I was like, wait, is this because I love Paul as a setup, but I didn't read that Kirkman book he was on for... I read it for like a while, but I, I mm-hmm. sort of dropped off. But he was over there for a while because for those of you who don't know, working for Kirkman is a good gig. Uh, <laughs> you know, he gets you the scripts, he pays you well, you get ownership, and then people read it. So that's fine. But if you don't read any of those books, then you'll, you'll be like, what the hell happened to Chris Somni?" Well, he's over there doing that, and, and and no one can blame him for it. But yeah, um, yeah the, the the sort of comedy, It's like... <laughs> it's a good book despite everything i mean like they stacked although, it
0: although Ares is back i don't know when did that happen but
1: he is he's the i he showed up he's like the antagonist war god or whatever and i i was like Isn't this is the character who's in wonder woman but <sighs> but then he said something in this one he's like and i was an avenger and it, yeah, this, no, the idea it, is like this
0: is this is the one that has a kid where like where is this kid he, i don't know
1: like I only vaguely recognize him from, like, I really mean, was an Avenger, but he basically speaks that, like, he he tried all these different things. You know, one right. of them was being an Avenger, and now he's just decided, no, I'm the God of War, and this yep. is what I do. I'm into war, and you know, it's a it's it's a it's a nice mythology in the sense that, like, when they come back and they say, oh, Frank Castle was always this, and we didn't know it. That's terrible. Yeah, but this suggests that, like. Aries has been watching him for a long time. He knew yep. what he was, but he didn't really like. If you didn't say that, it wouldn't change anything, right? Which is like a, a relatively elegant way to say it, because um, it's not like he's been guiding his hand or whatever, like, and all the terrible things it could be. Um, Lady Bullseye so, is in this too. See, I kind of remember her. She was in the the brew baker stuff, but like nothing about her. Like, yep, the,
0: it's same. Yeah, like it's just like like I say, like I flip through this and I go. Well, this definitely pulls from an era uh, that I know very well, but didn't stick. <laughs> that I know very well, and, and like did not really look fondly back on. Right, like that's it true. was a lot of. It's funny weird stuff. if you
1: look at the team. I'm trying to remember who did Lady Bullseye. It was Brew and Lark. I think it was Lark. That's a quality team <laughs> that yeah. didn't need to do that. Um, over to Impact Winter number one uh, from uh, uh, Image Comics. I picked this up because uh, my pal Stephen Green, um, who had recently done the book of the title that I cannot remember with Jason Aaron and... Um, oh, good Lord. He, the guy who changed... Dennis Hopeless, who mm-hmm. isn't Dennis Hopeless anymore. He's Dennis. He has his real name, but... Um, anyway, so he... He'd, he did that book, and uh Stephen Green is a friend of mine. I've done work with him before. Um, and I love his work. And I I t- honestly to this day I, I cannot figure out why he's not working at the Big Two much more regularly. I think that's that's obscene. Um he's got a great imagination. And what this is, is a pretty basic apocalypse vampire story. The sun went out, the humans are all hiding, there are vampires. It's very similar to um, the, the Scott Snyder book right now where the sun's gone out and there's weird dark creatures, but they're not vampires. I don't know who Travis Me- Beecham is, but uh, he's clearly British. I think this takes place in England based on some of the turns of phrase in the thing. And while it is not the most original kind of story and it's not my favorite kind of story, it is well done. Mm. I think I put it like up, up the, the chart of like the stories like this. And I thought, oh, that was actually pretty skilled. Um, I, I really like Stephen's art, as I said. Uh, you got Matt, Matt Hollingsworth on colors. I don't know where the dude came from, but it's a good-looking book. Uh, you know, lots of good monster designs and things like that. And there's a little bit of personal drama and stuff like that. I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be my favorite book. But if that sounds good to you, then by all means. And uh, so, so Daredevil... Daredevil six forty nine,
0: but also Daredevil number one. Look, For no Chip Zdarsky is has has cemented himself amongst the Daredevil greats. Daredevil is a book that more often than not, ninety five percent of the time, just mm-hmm. attracts top notch talent. Yes, and uh. Chips run on Daredevil has like the the Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Rain, whatever uh, event that they just kind of wrapped up. Um, and everything leading up to that, I loved every bit of it and I thought it was great. Um, and now kind of where, where it just, you know, resets itself and continues on, uh, onward, right? Like I, I was kind of worried that Chip wasn't going to come back to Daredevil because he's also writing uh, uh, Batman as well. well. Then, and
1: that was the question I was going to, are you allowed to be on Daredevil and Batman at the same right, time? Right, that's what I mean, are you, right? Like, it's Frank Miller isn't isn't Frank Miller the only one who can do that <laughs>
0: right um and so I mean and his and his Batman stuff is is great too but like man that just the, th- there is magic in what Zadarski and Chichetto have together uh mm-hmm. and it could be remiss obviously not to mention Matthew Wilson and Clayton Callis but like this is 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 just it's just good it's so good um mm-hmm. like and it's it's Not one of those things. Really, just like I want to, you know, spend a ton of time, just kind of like, you know, uh, recapping why it is. But like, if you like Daredevil, or or even if right, like it's Daredevil. The Daredevil series does drama, does superhero drama in a way that I I don't think is done with any other character. And I don't know if that's because like there is it like i'm a uh, a weird you know lapsed catholic in in a way that like whenever they they touch on that stuff with this character like i feel it a bit more um mm-hmm. but like it, it, i just it, i just love it and it's it it's a great place to start right like pick this up if you dig it and you haven't read Daredevil or it's been a while since you read Daredevil, this gives you everything you need to know. And then I guarantee you it'll make you want to go back and read the rest of his run um, that, that he's done prior to this. Uh, Which I think will read really well Oh, like, in chunks.
1: I think, yep. I think it's, it's a big story. And it read well in issues, to be sure. But um, I think all is one piece. Uh, it, it'll be really nice. Yeah. And, and then it, this, sort issue, of,
0: it, this issue gives you a team up with Spider-Man. And who doesn't love a Daredevil-Spider-Man team up?
1: And a really weird, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like dynamic between them where they broke the magic that people can't remember who, who Matt Murdock is. And so Spider-Man, like it came back to him and everything, but then Spider-Man's like, I can't tell you who I am either. Cause there's weird magic on him. Why you can't remember, you know, you don't know who he is. Because I have no idea what's going on in Spider-Man right now. Not that it isn't compelling, but I'm very lost. Which I think is what's supposed to be happening. But that's a different book. Um, I liked it. I liked the Daredevil issue. I didn't, I didn't love it. Hmm. I am, however, continually overawed. You know, Chichetto, and, and, uh, by the way, uh, can't draw bikes. Or he can't, <laughs> um, he can't trace bikes. Or whatever it is. But from one panel to the next, they were two different bikes. And I, and I went back and forth a couple of times. I was like, wait a minute. That's not the same bike. And, you know, I'm a cyclist. I know bikes. I know what they are. <laughs> but those, were, those A, both bikes were wrong. They wouldn't have been used there. And they were different bikes. Yeah. Um, so, fine. Whatever. He, he makes it up in all the other things he does. Um, I, I, just, I just love that I can't pin Zadarsky down. I, I couldn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's that. I, I love when Chichetto, like I love how Chichetto, sorry. I love when daredevils like baton things connected by the string, whatever, whatever that's mm-hmm. called. Uh, I like that Chichetto. I love when it's drawn like crazy string, like Casada. Uh, you know, Oh yeah. Did Cassata, it that way. I can see that. Yep. Um, and so like, I, I love, I love that. And there's a, there's a lot of that here. Um, but like, there's the there's the moment, you know, kind of through this where, you know, obviously Matt is talking to you, um, and it's this like grizzled bearded. Uh, and then the way that Chichetto kind of handles the shadows, and and then there's you've got the red glowing eyes, and then at the end of the the issue where he he comes out of the shadow, and you know basically is like you know uh, so yes I'm scared uh, because normally I fear nothing except God, and then obviously the lapsed Catholic in me was like oh I feel that, <laughs> but I but really also- like
1: that. I mean, I think it's interesting that they never abandoned that part. I think a lot of characters who had had like an affiliation with a religion or whatever, yep. they kind of leave it behind, but they never leave it behind with him because it's such a big part of the character. And I think I mean, that, that yeah. is absolutely the right choice because yep. um, it sort of gives him, it, it roots everything in, in a uh, motivation, basically. Yep. Uh, real, Real good. Those are the books that we wanted to talk about. Uh, But we are contractually obligated to talk about the patron pick, uh, which is voted on by the patrons at uh, patreon.com slash ifanboy. You'll hear more about that shortly. Um, And the patron pick this week, uh, by a nose, it was very close voting. There are many books uh, left, was X-Men colon Hellfire Gala number one. And what I thought was, didn't they do this recently? (laughs) But apparently it has been a year since the Hellfire Gala. So... My question to you is were you
0: were you up to date with
1: this? Were you familiar
0: no. with the last gala? I I knew what the last gala was. Uh that's basically kind of when I stopped.
1: Okay. How how much of the Hickman not all Hickman but you know the the Hickman created universe that was sort of taken over by a bunch of people uh, were you I, were you involved the, with?
0: I read Marauders uh off and on. Um I read X-Force and uh, I'll tell you, like I read uh, Wolverine when Adam Kubert was doing the art, which he does this week. And if you love Wolverine and Deadpool together, d- doing Wolverine and Deadpool things, uh, nobody draws them better than Adam Kubert. So go check that out. But anyway, excellent. Um, that was uh, uh, that like that's basically been it. And I and I thought reading this reading this issue it caught me up on most of the mutant drama and everything that was going on that I needed to know to basically like, I guess get this sets up the new event judgment day in a, in a way. Um, and so I, yeah, I I think Jerry Duggan does those kinds of things really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like, I, I enjoyed this with the exception of a few kind of like eye rolly moments. Mostly, I, mostly the cameos.
1: I agree with you, in the sense that, compared with a lot of other X Men stuff that I have been forced to read by the patrons over the past couple years, <laughs> when I read this, I was not completely lost because I'd read bits of things here and there and, like, very vague strokes. Yeah, and I don't actually know who most of the characters are. Like I recognize their names. That's about as far like, as I go.
0: I missed Inferno. And I knew some stuff had gone down with Moira and I didn't really know what, but I thought this issue basically set up the fact that like, oh, okay, Moira was a, uh, we knew Moira was a mutant all along and now she, uh, she hates them and, uh, is a villain now. And I'm Which like, is okay. classic, classic yeah. X-Men. That's how <laughs> right. it goes. Right. Uh, and you know, then there was the, the bit that, you know, sinister is going to sinister, man. And, uh, you know, that, that dude's on the council and everyone's like, oh, great. Sinister's going to work with us. And it's like, nope. Nope. Even when you think maybe he's turned a leaf. Sinister's going to Sinister. And I like that. And that, you know, very Sinister's much Sinister's one happened. of
1: those characters I don't understand or know anything about. <laughs> like, I missed it completely. And that's fine. Um, it's really hard for me to judge a book like this. I know that it was very long. Yeah, Uh, it was it was 66 pages or something like that. So I think if you were into it, you were probably super happy. But, you know, I I wasn't totally lost, but I don't think I understood the stakes that were happening because it was so it's so far removed. Like this stuff does not exist really in other books. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-contained. So, you know, knowing what's going on with Iron Man or whoever else is in this is not going to help you. Right and i was kind of hoping it well, would i
0: think the i think the, the the big thing was is that like i guess the world found out that the x men have been regenerate like regenerating mutants
1: mhm
0: and like that's a big deal uh like that's like you know and so like i think that then it raises the weird questions about like the f f the the ethical nature of like the medicine and stuff that Krakoa is providing mm-hmm. the real world and um and so like that's why the humans are you know, like the Avengers and stuff are all intrigued or interested. Yeah. Um and uh And so like so like 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 that part like that part I I all got right. Like I I understood why the yes. Avengers were there uh when they weren't there last time um, I, you know, I got the, the Moira, you know, plot that was going, I got the sinister plot that, that was going. And then, it, you know, and then the book gave us a new X-Men team. That was the only part I was like, wait, why do we need a new X-Men team?
1: I, at least I was like, I guess this was the point of this. That was a lot of run up to that. And again, right. I don't really know right. what Like that I know means. they held the
0: vote and that's how Firestar got in.
1: Right. And I, I, I like Firestar. So I get one of the, I, I think i had had a problem. Uh, besides my general lostness, is that when the gala, the main thing started, it wasn't terribly clear that that's what, I don't know, the set looked just like it did in the other stuff, and right. some of the people were in their sort of regular costumes, and some people were dressed up, and fucking John Hamm was there for some reason, I don't <laughs> understand.
0: <laughs> that was like, what? Why I is don't know john if that's Hamm a there? Show?
1: I saw a picture that uh, Jerry Duggan put up of him and John Hamm at Golden Apple, and I was like, "That's weird." And then I was reading the book, and I was like, "Oh, John Hamm is in this, but there's no reason for that,
0: right?" That I can tell. I maybe and maybe like, Captain to America's that gala happened. costume is just all. I think it's just the awful. Co- the costumes are awful. I mean,
1: like, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting at, is that when we switch to the gala part, I just feel like the costumes were weird. It looked like a it like like it was like a book that takes place in an alternate future kind of thing, rather than like. I don't know. It was a way for them. To, like, it, it, it's a design choice that they made to go in a certain direction, and they did. And everything right. sort of fit in that. But like, S- Scott Summers is like a samurai.
0: Do you and, have any and, idea and, who the characters were at the end?
1: Uh, you mean like the new team?
0: No, no, no. Like who Moira was talking to at the very, I'm flipping
1: very there. It's taken a very long time. It's a so lot of pages. Dudes, one of the dudes
0: throws a knife. No. No, no
1: idea. So that that was a reveal. Walk yeah. in, dark shadowy room in the in the foreground. She's got blood all over her hands. And yeah, there's two people who both have sort of weird, similar haircuts. Yeah. The one guy throws a knife. I don't know. This just, there's no, it's, I, I don't like the aesthetic of it. That's yeah. been the thing with these for a really long time. It's not the same thing as it's bad, but I just, I don't know. I want it to be a thing that it isn't, or I don't even want it to be. I I just wanted to be something I can grab onto, but it, can nobody draw Scott Summers like in clothes and have him not look like an idiot?
0: <laughs> I, there's something about that I don't know. I tell you what, though, the only thing I, think I did like about this, I actually like the visor he's got going on here, and I would be okay if that was the visor he kept.
1: It's got a little Bluetooth uh, speaker in either side too, which is nice.
0: Like it's like RoboCop meets like it's like. RoboCop in the Jim Lee design kind of way, I dig it. All right, I can kind of see that.
1: I still don't like it. it. You know what it looks like? It looks like a Frank Miller drawing to me.
0: It does look like a Frank Miller drawing.
1: It absolutely looks like '80s Frank Miller. Yep. You know, I th- I th- I think there's probably somebody in Dark Knight Returns who looks like that. Yeah, the yep. mutants. Yeah. Enough.
0: Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> um,
1: it's it's difficult to rate this, so let's give it a. Ugh. Tony's stupid outfit really bothered me too. Like everything about it. He's got like a transparent coat and like a big dumb uh, turquoise belt with a matching wrist thing. And The
0: Spider-Man costume's weird glasses. too because like the black and red has, we've solidified that that is Miles's look. And so if really, it's not going to be I was, Miles. I
1: really that. didn't like the costume designs in this. Like at all. Like at no point did I go, oh, that's cool. Forge looks like Freddie Mercury but like wolverine just shows up in a a suit a tux with a bolo tie which that's that's on brand i'm cool with that and and uh emma frost she's on brand that works too well yeah emma Fro- i mean that's
0: emma but frost then is like always dressed
1: firestar like is in her regular costume yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know so uh ratings we gotta give it a rating what rating do you give this was it was it
0: out of five i'll give it like a three and a half I enjoyed it. And I felt like I said, like, I felt like it caught me up with everything. Like, if I were to start picking up the mainline X-Men books or whatever after this, I would feel well-informed enough to, uh, mm-hmm. to not be mad. So most of the things
1: I don't like about it are subjective aesthetic choices that are uh, right. to me because and you because hate because high so long. Uh, yes, I do.
0: I, I, I do also, <laughs> that, that is part
1: of it. Like, I hate the galas. Like, I, I hate it. It's just pointless. It excites somebody, but it doesn't excite me. So to mix that with this other thing I don't really like makes it difficult. I I suspect that if you like this kind of thing, you're going to like this a lot. That's what I suspect. You know, if you've been down with what's been going on with X-Men, if you liked the last Hellfire Gala, I think this is your jam. So I'm going 2.75. Oh. Which is, which is leaning largely on that and admitting my own ignorance and taste to a certain point, because that's mm. not fair to be like, it's terrible. It's not terrible because I didn't like it. It's just something I didn't like. Yeah. Um, but anybody who listens to the show and votes for an X-Men book knows exactly what's going to happen when that happens. Unless you're all waiting for the day that I'm like, you know what, I'm wrong. This is great. But that hasn't happened in some time. So that is the patron pick, and that happens because folks uh, went to patreon.com slash ifanboy uh, to directly support the show. Uh, they vote on the patron pick every week. They, uh, there's other things that have been unlocked by it. We are going to rejigger those things uh, at some point soon. Uh, but you know there are talk explodes and book splodes and media explodes, and um, all the video shows were re-uploaded more on that near the end. Um, but we're switching those goals around. We'll see what happens with that. You can go to ifanboythreadlist dot com, where there are twelve designs on T shirts and other stuff that you want to put those on. I love seeing pictures of people in our shirts. And some dude, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name, sent me a picture of his two like teenage sons, or, or you know, like you know, older kids, sons uh, wearing two of our shirts, and that they really like them. And I was like, oh, those look like normal clothes, not just geek <laughs> stuff, you know. And and I'm I'm really proud of those designs, and, and they're great. I wear mine. Uh, as long as I don't have to explain it to somebody too much. Uh, I, I, I choose it carefully based on that. Uh, you can go to ifemba.com slash support. Uh, there's a PayPal link that's sort of for direct... direct. It's the old school way. Hey, you know what? You deserve a little bit of money in, because inflation, I think you should give more than you used to. Um, <laughs> iFambo.com slash Amazon. Seriously, I need you to get more. Uh, iFambo.com slash Amazon is a place where you will find the links to buy the books on Booksplode. You will find all the music, uh, and each uh, Pick of the Week issue is linked to Amazon on there. And if you use that link, you can. there's an affiliate account. You can purchase things on Amazon. They will take them to your house. It will cost you nothing extra, but we will get a little piece of that, which is pretty sweet. And we have partnered with bookshop.org uh, to help local bookstores, and you will find links where we can fit those on the site. Um, that That is a way that... Um, you know, you can give local bookstores your business, big system that sort of lets uh let you buy from them directly, which is a good thing because the bookstores are are an infinite good. That brings us to the other thing that happens when you are a patron is that at the five dollar or higher level, you get a patron power. And I am first. Yep. Which is a problem, because that just snuck up on me. (laughs) So,
0: uh, I can go. I've got one ready. You've got one ready? I've got one ready.
1: Go ahead, we'll switch it up.
0: All right. Uh, So, this is for Jimmy Heating. Has the power, uh, no matter what, he, he does not have to spend extra money buying shelled pistachios. Because his superpower is he can buy a bag of regular pistachios and they will become shelled.
1: So my immediate question is, is this limited only to pistachios? It
0: does not work with sunflower seeds.
1: Or all, walnuts, peanuts?
0: Yep. No, just pistachios.
1: It's very specific. Oh, well. You like pistachios is what I'm learning.
0: <laughs> I do. They're,
1: very, they're very good nuts. I'm not sure if they're officially nuts or not, but I feel like they're one of those things that they call a nut, but they're yeah, really they're... not. I don't know. Point is, they are delicious. But the first, as soon as you said pistachio, the first thing that went to my head I was like, those are expensive.
0: I, I literally, <laughs> like they Even are more they're... expensive to buy unshelled.
1: Sure, exactly. Yeah, no, that and that makes sense. So if you're trying to save, if you love pistachios and you're trying to save on it, look,
0: um, all Jimmy's got to do, right? Look, look, he wants wants to make some money here. He buys. <laughs> shelled pistachios uses his power to de-shell them in an instant and then oh. just resells them at a, at a dollar or two less of the shelled pistachios. And he's got a business.
1: Well, this, so this brings in other questions though, because starting a business where you're selling foodstuffs, not easy. Sure. You got to get into the, you got to get into the Walgreens, all that sure. stuff. Then, you know, Can he do it in like, it, like, does he look at a bag? Does that take a certain amount of time? Like a bag versus like a barrel of pistachios? Nope. It's, it's an instantaneous thing. It's Does a, it require he, more he effort? He
0: puts his hand on the container. Okay, and
1: no more right. shells. Well, someone still has to bag those. Someone's now, got to bag oh, wait,
0: them. The, the shells
1: disappear. Well, they could just but they just just fill up bags with the shelled ones. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So Raja uh, Perumal or Paramol. Raja Paramal has X-ray vision, but it is non-intrusive. Nobody needs to worry that he's looking at you naked because it's not, it's, it's not that kind of x-ray vision. It's a, it's a useful, tactile, not pervy kind of x-ray vision. And it makes people feel safe around and it becomes useful as opposed to, again, the pervy kind. Everybody so the pervy be like,
0: kind being like just basically he can't see people nude.
1: I mean, he could, but only if they wanted to show him themselves nude. You
0: see. But so is this a thing where he has to say, like the person has to say No. Yeah. Oh, I don't no, no, care. no,
1: no. You can he can tell everybody he has X ray vision and, and they and they won't feel uncomfortable around him. Oh, okay. Because he's just seeing through walls and stuff. He's seeing what's going on in the other sure. room. But like not the bathroom. If it's anywhere that might make someone feel uncomfortable, mm. this is millennial x ray vision. That's what it is. <laughs> it's about not making anybody feel uncomfortable ever. Um <laughs> And that's what happened with Raja this week, and sure. it's just how it's going to be. Here we go. Uh, let's. Uh, we are running a little long, but let's let's do this. This first email that we've got here. Uh, this was actually on here last week, and we didn't get to it. So right. Eric F says a few years ago, Dan Abnett had his run on Aquaman, and it was good, especially the issues with. Uh, oh, I can never say this name. Stepan Sejuk Stepan yep. Uh I remember thinking this is probably the best Aquaman I've ever read I decided to test the theory by reading quote the best Aquaman runs couldn't tell you what those are buddy yep. uh, and for me Abnitz was my favorite however in retrospect nobody cared much uh, there was a deluxe edition pin- printed of that work but it's unlikely to be remembered which is fine it was good not great so my question is a two-parter that's a very long intro but I think it all makes sense A, imagine if there was an Aquaman book at Batman Year One level of quality. A great Aquaman book. Would it even make ripples? Could you get people to care about Aquaman? It strikes me that Batman Year One is a perennial bestseller, whereas Daredevil Born Again is a fraction as well-known. And B, is a great Aquaman book even possible? Are there characters who are strange enough or what they tap into is not defined enough that the best possible work they could star in could only be good and not great. I've been thinking about this question since 2017. Let's start with A. If there was a super high quality, amazing Aquaman book, would it become one of those big perennials or no?
0: Uh, I mean, if the, I think the Daredevil comparison is probably a good one, I just don't think Aquaman is Aquaman's not Batman. I think in the it same way be- that Daredevil is not Spider Man.
1: Right, and I think that if you're given anything, it would be comparable to, um, to the Mazakelli run, but yeah. maybe something like the Longbow Hunters. You know, like like it, it could be that good. Like it's well, I, a
0: book. I, I was thinking like like you could the uh, um what, uh, what Diggle did with Green Arrow. Yep,
1: uh, what is great. It did, and it did is did Jack Kirby's story? Got it. Yep.
0: Yeah, it, it, and like that's, um that's a book that I think like, you know, like I said, the green arrow ones, I think uh, uh, the year one book, I think is what it is, um, is a book for, is it that you can, you can give anybody, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they would become a green, green arrow fan after that. Um, I think it just comes down to just the character's popularity. Like he's just like, I mean, Superman is not as popular as Batman.
1: I think what he's getting at, and this gets into our second question, you know, like, is, is the possible? basic premise of Aquaman uh, sh- good enough? Is, there there, are, wait, is there, it a there, thing? Here,
0: I'll do a, a classic uh, Jeff Loebism that he would uh, always say in the Marvel retreats. There are no bad characters, only bad stories. If, and, and I think it's possible. I, but do I you don't think though, that there's an element...
1: Of, of of appeal of a certain kind of character, though. Meaning, you know, there's a reason that Superman and Batman are kind of a base-level thing. They're not, they're not fish, which is kind of weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't know. Like, my... I don't want Aquaman to be good. And I don't mean that... I don't mean that, like, I don't want it to be successful or there to be good runs, but when I look at Aquaman, I don't ever think... I think... think this guy he needs he just needs a good story I would really love to read a great Aquaman I don't think that I just think "Eh, that's Aquaman sometimes you get some Aquaman sometimes you don't
0: I'll tell you what though like I mean Stefan Sajic is like I will almost always look at anything that he does
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and I think paired with a good writer I think like in this sense right you know Dan Abnett um I, I didn't I remember checking it out. And I remember st- sticking with it, but I, th- and I think that's more because, uh, it, it, kind of what you were getting at, right? Like the core of what Aquaman is and like what he does is just not something that's interesting to me. But I think also too, I felt like that story when it happened was just kind of following the status quo where, you have someone like year one, you have something like year one or whatever. Like those were stories that were started that were meant to break a bit from the mold to, to you know, to make a statement. And so. How, how about this though?
1: Maybe Aquaman is just not cool. I know. And I don't mean like he's not cool. I just mean like there's certain things like Batman is cool. Like, when you look at him, you're instantly like, that's cool. And I don't think Aquaman is ever going to have that cachet. I
0: think think part of it also, too, may be because DC Comics seems to get a little gun-shy when it comes to aligning their comics Aquaman to movie Aquaman. I think Jason Momoa's Aquaman is infinitely more interesting than uh, the Aquaman we get in the books.
1: Well, I mean that, that really does bring about the fact that like it was a very successful film. Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically, right there, that Aquaman was more popular than probably any Daredevil comic ever. Yeah. Just, just because
0: that Aquaman has more swagger.
1: <clears throat> it, but that's sort of like a, a a zeitgeist thing. Like people are into that right now. Like that's sure sort but of like, a thing.
0: But even still, but like, but, but there are some key characteristics of that version of the character that I think would resonate more and could stick around longer term Mm -hmm. if they made the you know if they if they decided to make the switch
1: the problem is though is that the Aquaman movie was so fucking boring I couldn't get out of there soon enough I was so not into it and it went on for hours but I don't know. I think Aquaman is probably one of those movies that like some people just love and they don't know why anyone else does it and then everybody else hates it and there's no real rhyme or reason to that. Right. I think. I think that's how that goes. I'm, and I'm sure there, Connor would have been better to have here for this, by the way. But he loves Aquaman, so it's like,
0: hmm.
1: you know, he's not, a, he's not a good source for that. <laughs> um, I think, I do think, though, that, and we'll wrap it up and we'll move on from this. I think that because... He's not a great basis of a character like his history and everything and all that stuff's kind of interesting. But I think that if you, you made one that was I think a really great Aquaman run would be really fun because you do not expect it. Yep. Like wouldn't you love to be able to go, oh, man, this Aquaman book is amazing. Mm-hmm. In a way, that would be better than an amazing yep. Batman book because I've seen amazing Batman books. You know, but if there was like it's it's like it's like uh, that first run of uh, Flintstones that Mark Russell did. We were like, Mm -hmm. oh, my
0: God, this Flintstone books is amazing. But it would but like, but that Flintstone book was so visually jarring. Yes. Like, that's what got people like, I need to see what a Flintstone book that looks like this is all about. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, you couldn't put Steve Pugh and Mark Russell on Uh, Aquaman and get that thing. But
0: something, somebody. Marvel made people care about Hawkeye. Yeah. But right I like mean, nobody cared about Hawkeye until Traction and Aja came around. Mm, I did. I mean, yeah, you no, did, no. no, you're
1: right, but nobody could also g- get him right, you know, Ben. Right. It, it's times changed, whatever. Um, no, I think you're right. You're right about that.
0: So, but like like uh, moments like that happen for characters and I feel like it's just the the right creator has not come come around for for Aquaman, right? Like uh, Captain yes. Marvel, Captain Marvel's another, you know, good example of that. Right, where like, yeah, without that kind of r- radical change or or just like you know or approach to the the story, like you you just don't get it. Um, it's time
1: for somebody to make their their big Aquaman pitch, yeah, and do it.
0: That that Andy
1: Diggle jock run, y- which you you brought up though, yep. I think that
0: one had a chance. I go ba- I, I go I back to that. I go back to that. Every once in a while, and I still I love it just like the huh. first time I read it. And, and I was I have being zero flippant. affinity to Green Arrow or any of that. I just I think that at, is at, just those are two creatives working at yes. their best, uh, you know, on a killer story.
1: And I and I was sort of being flippant about Jack Kirby, but I I only say that because I was shocked to learn that like that whole origin with the island and everything is Jack Kirby's story. I was like, that's yep. amazing. Yeah. I, I had no idea about that, and it just made me really excited. So, you know, if somebody's going to go ahead and pick that stuff up, that's great because that's, the, that's the, uh, the legacy stuff that we all know and love. There are, okay, so if you want to write to us, uh, you can write to contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, you can also, if you want to write into our Media Explode show, which we do m- mail much less often, but here we are, uh, you can uh, put Media Explode in the subject line, and we will put it in the separate little folder for that when we do those shows. There are other shows. There's the Media Splode that we just talked about. The Summer Mailbag Show, which we just did, uh, just came out this last week. It is there for your perusal. Um, there is a special edition of Thor Love and Thunder coming later this week. Uh, probably sooner. Connor and I are just about to record it, and then it will be up soon. I think it will be after this show, or maybe before. It might exist already. I don't know. Connor does the schedule. Um, and he's not here. And then finally, uh, I have a Talk explode. Um, with uh, Rainbow Raul, uh that will be out uh, a little later this month. Uh, spoke with her for a good while. Uh, I found her to be absolutely delightful and uh, boy was she there for her Runaways run. That was not a throwaway gig. She was down with it as was Chris Anka and uh, I think it really uh, and listening to her talk about it, it's one of those things that you love hearing creators just be super passionate uh, about mm-hmm. the thing that they did. Um, so that was coming up um that'll be good you can find all of our shows at ifanboy.com as well as many many years of great comic book writing and podcasts and all that stuff uh it's all up there uh you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out follow at ifanboy on twitter and at ifanboycomics on instagram uh individually we are C.S. Kilpatrick and ja flanagan on instagram jim what are your where, where's your social media presence
0: jim viscardi everywhere
1: Wow, well, that's pretty good. You were on it early, obviously.
0: Yep. That's <laughs> I, I. It's the only reason I went to gym. It was the. It was why I. Because I could just grab the social handles. No, that's that's not the reason. Oh, but. I was
1: like, were you James before this all went down? <laughs> wow. Um, and comicbook.com, obviously. That's right. At that's where you. I have not. I have not mentioned that, but that is your. That's your thing. It's that's it's my kind thing. Of a big deal. Um. So that's rad. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy to keep up to date with the old video show reuploads. But wait, you do not keep up to date with them because this week we put the summer of 2008 wrap-up, which, I mean, that's, that's something you want to check out to see what you missed 14 years ago in the summer. <laughs> and the top five x-men related bases so they're not just x-men base but they're x-men related x-men adjacent bases and those my friends are the last two minis to be uploaded the entire thing is there now is that back that from YouTube when you does.
0: guys were, were sitting on that couch
1: those are yeah but the minis were the daily shows the weekday ones we didn't tend to do those together so it was the, our, the time period. When the minis were going and we were doing the weekly shows and the site was full of content, that was when we had uh, a benefactor who said, hey, just go do your thing. Whose couch uh. was that? Uh, it was either Connor's couch or my couch. Oh. Green walls is my house. Uh. Other color walls is his house. Okay. So there. I remember those his, days. His sounded better because it was more covered with um, rugs and stuff like that. And mine was very echoey because it was a hardwood floor. Those are production things that no one remembers, but I do. <laughs> you wanna do this? You wanna do this next bit?
0: Uh yeah, sure. Uh if you dig the show, write us a review. Leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Better yet. You're you're probably very familiar with the algorithm, the all-seeing, all-knowing algorithm. Correct. It's very yeah, it's, important. It's very it's very important you do those things. You leave That's the right. star ratings, you write the reviews, that stuff that you must feed the algorithm
0: here and here's the thing right here's the thing about the telling your friends part right i know there are a bunch of you out there who are either in like you're in a facebook group or you're you've got some some group chats going on uh all you gotta do is just take the link drop it in there and say hey this is a show I listen to on a weekly basis. I thank you because we share common interests because of the Facebook group that we're in that is comics. We are all comics fans or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's the best way to bring new people to the show.
1: Go I do feel that. Like, I feel like I have this like feeling like everybody who was going to listen to the show did and everybody who was going to know about it either did or didn't listen to it. So you just said like a group of comic book people and I was, I was uh, um, full of myself enough that I thought, oh, they all know about it already. But then bad enough about myself that I was like, but they decided not to listen. To They've already made up their mind. That's that's where I
0: went with that, right? Or, you know, like, go to your, go to your comic shop. See if they know about the show. If they don't, they should. And tell right. them about it.
1: Unless they're like, well, why is this guy on here talking about X-Men when he clearly doesn't like X-Men? <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna tell you right now. That is a valid valid complaint except it wasn't my choice it's not i would say the same thing to han solo if i had just betrayed him to darth vader it's not my fault it's not my fault and that is a program at its completion so thank you for listening thank you for joining us jim you can you can be found at comicbook.com podcast things like that is there anything You'd like to plug before you possibly disappear entirely at San Diego Comic Con. Uh,
0: no, week. I mean, look, we got we got Comic Con coming up. Again, uh, I got, I got a, a decent decent guest list. Folks coming by. We're going to be d- doing a studio. It's a lot of interviews. Uh, I'm going to interview for the first time Bill Sienkiewicz. Really? Yeah, I've, I've, I have I have I I know him. Uh, we well, have talked before, but I have never had the opportunity to interview him.
1: Um. He. He's a person who I want and imagine to be very enigmatic and mysterious, and I suspect he's not.
0: Uh, uh, this little bit of tangent—I and I know we're running late on time, but I got it. But I, <laughs> so we we put this thing together, and we're starting. We're trying to do this as big movies and stuff come out. But when Moon Knight came out, um, we at Comic Book did this thing called uh, Creator on Creators, which is kind of like the. Actors on actors thing, or whatever. But anyway, uh, we put Brian Michael Bendis and Bill Sienkiewicz uh, on a Zoom together uh, with all intentions to talk about Moon Knight, and just let the two of them talk to uh, talk to each other for about an hour, and it was fascinating. Uh, it was incredible. Um, you should you should go like, if you like those two guys and just talking about comics. Uh, by all means, go. Go find them, go go check that out. But anyway, I'm excited. Have you to, done like others? Say. Are there other ones too? Uh, we we I tried to put one together for for Thor that would have been Jason Aaron and Walt Simonson, but we just couldn't make it happen. Oh. Um, but we're 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 planning on on making trying to make some more of those. That's very yeah.
1: cool. And and you're you're one of the places that's got the power to do that. So that's uh, right. Pay attention to that. That's on super cool. Yep. So
0: but anyway, like I said, just we'll have a lot of a ton of Comic Con stuff uh, coming out. So if you need to know what's happening in the the world of. Uh, what Comic-Con has become. Uh, check out comicbook.com. Yeah, there
1: might be some comic books there if you look hard enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Thanks very much. That's your show. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I usually go last, but that isn't going to work this time. So I'm Josh. I'm Jim. Thank you to everyone for listening. I
0: give it home.
1: We're in the bed now I've been fed now